Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Truby Throwbacks. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Francis Wang, class of 2010 and a current broadcaster for NBC10 in Philadelphia. Hey, happy to be here. I'm so excited. So proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. So, I start them all off with the same question. Who is your class mascot? Oh, we were class of 2010, the Tiggers. Oh. Colors were black and orange. Okay, that those are fun colors. Um, we had a little chant, and it was like Tig Bounce or something. Um, and I think because we were 2010, we had this chant that was like 2010, class of 10, and then we'd say freshmen or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were a power. Yeah, it was, there's so many. You know how that goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so fun. And as you look back on your high school years, what stands out to you and what sort of things were you involved in? Well, I mean, I think what stands out to me right now, because I got to see you guys in action, was how proactive your generation is. And it's it's incredible. You know, I think when I was here, I always dreamed of having something like a Truby TV. Obviously, CB had KF. What's it called? KF. Uh, KBFT. Yeah, that. Sorry, CB. <laughs> um, you know, and I wanted it so badly, but never in my wildest dreams that I think we could start one, right? And I remember uh, when I was still working here in Sacramento for uh, ABC, <laughs> I chaperoned the Disneyland High School graduate. Oh. And when we were in high school, we were so sad that we didn't have a Disneyland high, high School graduation trip. And when I asked, you know, the people who were chaperoning and put it together. I was like, Hey, like what changed? And, you know, and essentially I was told like, it's just one person who took the effort into making it happen. And so that's something that when I look back on my high school years, I really reflect on is I didn't think I could just make things happen the way, um, I see you guys doing it now or the way I, I see myself now. Um, so that's like the biggest change that really hits me when I walk on a campus and see you guys. Um, And then while you were in high school, what sort of things were you involved in? So remember when I said, like, I was that person who did 12 internships because I thought that's what would lead me to the job? Yeah. Um, I was involved in so many things, but I was not, like, really active in one thing. You know what I mean? Like, I was in choir. I did musical theater at least my senior year. I was part of the key club, which, looking back, like, I wasn't really involved in, right? Like, I was part (laughs) of the hula club. Um. I think I did track for like one semester. I just did so many things that I thought I needed to, to build a resume. And in looking back again, reflecting, like, I really wish I, I did a lot of things, but I wish I really found one thing that I really was passionate about, you know, which for you obviously is Truby TV, Mm -hmm. which is so cool. Is there a thing that you think you would have been really passionate about? I, I think this. Yeah. Yeah. I think, or isn't there like a Disney club? Yeah, there is. I, I There's also like a watch Netflix movies during lunch club, Oh, which seems pretty cool. Who thought of that? That's brilliant. <laughs> um, and then after high school, you went on to USC and mm-hmm. pursued broadcasting. And you mentioned um, how you got involved in broadcasting. Would you mind sharing that story? Yeah. So I moved to Sacramento when I was in fourth, fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I shared with you earlier, before we were recording, my mom was an immigrant from China Um, really raised me on her own without my dad involved. And by the time we moved here around middle school, she opened up a kiosk at Art and Fair Mall. We sold hermit crabs. It was up on the second floor next to the carousel. And it it started doing well, so she opened up another kiosk kind of next to it um, selling purses, just like different designs. Like 
different like musicians like mm-hmm. Elvis, you know, Marilyn Monroe, Betty Boop, Michael Jackson, that kind of thing. It was popular then. I know it's not now, but then. <laughs> um, so she would work the purse kiosk. I would work the crab kiosk when I was young. We actually just got lunch yesterday with the head of security of the mall because he used to give my mom such a hard time because she's like, you know, leaving me there and I'm like 10, 11 and look much older for my age. So he would always be worried about, you know, my safety and like men and like whatever. Yeah. So it's just funny because we reunited yesterday for That's lunch. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so KCRA opened up a studio at the mall next to the carousel, next to my mom's hermit crab kiosk. And so from where I was sitting, I when I was working, mm-hmm. I could see the behind the scenes of the broadcast every day. And Walt Gray was the anchor at the time. They would do like their 11 or noon PM newscast there. And I used to walk back and forth, hoping someone at home would see me on TV, like in the background. And I used to just think it was the coolest thing, right? Like, like seeing behind the scenes of broadcast magic, there's nothing like it, especially when you're a kid or it's the first time. Yeah. Like I just give this eight year old a tour and she got to do New York and Philly. And she told her parents, like, I was the highlight. My, my tour was the highlight of the trip. Oh, that's awesome. And her mom was like, <clears throat> excuse me. Her mom was like, oh, you just, you just, you created a core memory, which is, is so meaningful, you know? Yeah. So I was so fascinated by it. Walt probably saw I was, and I think he needed to interview like people about back to school shopping. So he interviewed me about back to school shopping, mm-hmm. like an MOS man on street type interview. Yeah. And that was the day I was like, oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I, I want to do this. You get to be on TV. You get to hold a microphone. You get to talk to people. People want to talk to you. Um, you get to go up to people that you wouldn't talk to otherwise. Like this is legit, but I never thought I could actually do it. So I kind of kept this dream in the back of my mind for, I mean, seven, eight years up until college, really, you know, in high school, like I always like looked at it. And I remember my friend Destiny who went to high school here, shout out Destiny Dickerson, <laughs> my best friend from high school. Um, she got an internship at KCRA for their high school football program. So she would go to different high school football games and like shoot little video mm-hmm. and cut it for them. And I used to be so jealous. I was like, oh, Destiny, that's so cool. But again, I wasn't proactive, right? I would want to do something or wish I was doing what someone else is doing, but I wouldn't do it. And honestly, looking back, like now that I am the way I am, um, now that I have the confidence and the, you know, perspective that I do, I don't know why I didn't pursue it so actively in high school, but it really wasn't until college after I graduated St. Francis that I did. But now that you are a broadcaster, do you feel yourself like fulfilling that eight-year-old's dream? Yes. Yeah. I mean, and it's been hard too, because the industry has changed so much and what it used to be is not what it is. And so sometimes I have to kind of find that balance of this is the dream I've always had. Mm -hmm. And this is what my dream has to adapt to be now because of reality and circumstances, right? What are the changes? So, I mean, people don't watch the news the way they used to. So never in my childhood dreams that I think that I'd have to be so active on all these social media platforms in addition to the broadcasting job, right? It's, it's, it's like a 24 seven job because now people have access to you and your personal life. Right. And sure. Like we don't, we're not required to share things, but I do feel like a level of responsibility or uh, wanting to be open and vulnerable with people who take the time to watch me on the news or follow my work. You know, I want them to know me as a person also. Do you ever feel like it's a chore though? Like constantly posting on social media or always like being active? I think in the beginning, yes. When I was still like up and coming Mm -hmm. and still, but now that I'm at a place where I feel comfortable and in terms of social media, 
have been able to create, you know, an online presence or a platform or following. Um, everything I post is something I genuinely want to post. Sometimes yeah. I'll post something and it's not going to get a lot of likes, comments or engagement or whatever. Like it's not something that will traditionally do well, but I wanted to share it. You yeah. know what I mean? So and we were talking about this earlier. We always we always see your Instagram stories and your hashtags. What was your St. Francis hashtag? Like, you know what's funny? I don't St. even... St. This is before hashtags. <laughs> hashtags were not around, Tegan. Like, this but is not a like, thing. But if I were to go back, it'd probably be like... I mean, there's so many... The, the options are endless. Like, you're right. Like, St. Saint, Francis. I mean, it could just be St. Francis spelled with an E. Like, you know, St. Francis Wang. Or, you know, actually... But um, didn't you have, like, Franny I, in Miami? I had Franny in Miami... It'd probably just be something with Francis because the school yeah, is St. Yeah, Francis. Yeah. There was actually, my friend opened up an ice cream shop by Arden um, Cream. And they actually oh had, gosh, those are, it's so good. They actually had an ice cream flavor called St. Francis Wang. Yeah. So you have an ice cream flavor named after I don't know you. if it's still there, but it was when I was here. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it was cool. I think, I think we called it St. Francis Wang. I think you should just adapt the hashtag. St. Francis Wang. Yeah. yeah. I, I never got away with anything while I was here. <laughs> Um, but you've done an amazing job of like being active on social media and continuing to connect with people. And, um, do you think that's something that St. Francis, like you're an amazing connector and constantly like mm-hmm. when you, Mr. Chisholm and, um, Walt Gray and like all these people you remain in contact with and you continue to connect with them. Do you think that's something St. Francis like fostered Ooh, in you? Cause like good question. Spirit, Tegan, you're so good at this girl. You are so good at this. I love you already. Okay. Um, yes, yes, absolutely. I think it's, I think it was Steve Jobs who gave a speech at Stanford, like a commencement speech where he talked about when he looks back on his life, right? He sees all these dots and he's able to connect all the dots. But while you're going through life, like you don't necessarily see how the dots connect. Um, And that really resonated with me. I mean, I'm still young, you know, so I'm still seeing how all these dots connect and how my life is aligned, but I'm starting to see it. You know, now that I'm at the ripe old age of 30, turning 31 (laughs) next week, um, Happy early birthday. Thank you. Thank you. You know, everything from St. Francis, you know, I did not want to come here. I actually transferred to CB my sophomore year because I didn't want to come here. And then you came back? And then I came back. This little known fact. You, a lot of people don't oh know that. Oh my gosh. I don't, I, I mean, I, sh- I, I shared it openly. out the dirt. And I remember Mr. Um, oh, is it Agos? Mr. Andrew? Mr. Agos, a tall, bald man. Um, I think he ended up going to Crystal Ray. He told me when I left, he was like, well, if you want to come back, like, we'll be ready for you. I was like, I'm not going to want to come back. You know, middle school, all my friends went to CB. And so I just wanted to be with my friends. And, you know, when you're young, you have constant FOMO. Um, and so I just wanted We're to. Like, still have FOMO. I still have. I'm, I still you're have right. FOMO. You're right. When you're young and now FOMO, <laughs> constant FOMO. So, yeah, I, I transferred. I applied to transfer without my mom really approving. And by the time I got there and did a semester, I was like, I want to go back. So little known fact. But, yeah, so I think between St. Francis, the sisterhood, you know, back to what we were talking about before we went on just here, like everyone's so passionate, um, aggressive driven. And even if you're not being around that energy, you can't help but be. Mm-hmm. And the thing I love about St. Francis is even the girls who say they hate it or hated it or whatever, like around homecoming or around Kairos, there's these big events that kind of, you know, really bring yeah. your pride out. And even, you know, during COVID and the racial reckoning that happened on campus, which I was also a part of yeah. those conversations, the thing I really realized in that moment was it's not the school or the institution that I'm necessarily loyal to or love so much. It's the girls. Right. And that's why 
even in that situation, like I was always like on the side of the students because the students and the girls and the sisterhood and this community is what makes this school great. It's not, it's not like the school or the system itself, you know, that has a lot of issues that, you know, are still being worked on as, as many systems and institutions. So anyways, for me, it was always about the girls, my class, the girls after me and you guys now. That's amazing. So it is It is fair to say that the St. Francis Sisterhood inspired or fostered your ability and your sense of connectivity. Yeah. And even like, it's funny because I'll hang out with other women sometimes and we'll get along really well. And then we'll find out we both went to all girls Catholic schools. I'm like, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and even when Ryan started this job yeah. as athletic director, you know, I'm friends with his wife, Daniela. I was like, you should go to homecoming rally. Like, you'll see how I ended up the way I ended up. <laughs> Um, so it is funny. Sometimes there's things when you go to an all girls school or when you're involved in St. Francis, like there's things that don't really need to be said. And it's, you know, it's just understood. But see, I feel like St. Francis also offers, um, or like helps foster like, um, confidence and the ability to walk into a room and just like not be afraid and just know what you need to get done and get the job done. Do you think that, um, played a part in your St. Francis experience? I think so. I mean, to this day, like I don't always shave my legs. That's definitely (laughs) instilled in me from St. Francis. Um, you know, even here, like some newscasters go to their former high schools and they show up all done up. Like they're going on air. Like I'm wearing leggings, Ugg slippers and a beanie with no makeup on, you know, barely brush my hair, hence the beanie. So I think there's just like certain things that I still take from St. Francis with me. Um, I should probably get dressed up a little more, but you know, the, the Truby spirit lives on. Yeah. But yeah, I think so. And I think too, when you're on a campus like this and everyone's like, you know, your skirts are like whatever, like your hair's, it's no one, no hair. one cares about what they look like. Everyone's yeah. just here to like be themselves and have a good time and like, you know, go to school, like do what they need to, like hopefully succeed. And I definitely think that I, I have that in me to this day. You know, I think being at a school like St. Francis, you learn quickly that personality and kindness and drive like gets you far. That's awesome. And that's something I definitely relate with as well. Yeah, like when you watch these movies about, well, not nowadays, these teenage dramas, I feel like are a little more accurate of what I felt like high school was. But when I was your age. It's not high school musical. Not high school musical, but a lot of the teen shows where it's like, oh, like if you're like the rich daddy's popular girl, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then yeah. you have the parties and it's just like, it just was, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some that are reflective of that, but you know what I mean? It just, yeah. it, it, it didn't seem realistic watching those high school TV shows and, and movies. Um, so one last question. Oh yes. You're doing so cool. <laughs> Do you have any advice for our current Trubies? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> if there's one thing I could tell my high school self, stop stressing out about every grade. Oh my goodness. Um, something else that is not very well known about me. I almost got suspended my junior year for cell phone violations. Very on brand. Um, I was caught three times in one school year on my cell phone. This was a different time. Like, I feel like girls just have their cell phones out now. But this is a different time, yeah. guys. Like, the iPhone was, like, just barely coming out. And I was sent to the dean's office because I was going to be suspended. Although, looking back, like, that was excessive like you know whatever three times like yeah that's... no i know i mean like excessive meaning like suspending me no for, i know but just for three times three, in yeah. one year yeah uh, different times okay this is before social media it was a different time um and i was so stressed about suspension and putting that on my application or whatever mm-hmm. i had a full-on panic attack in dean doyle's office <laughs> and they were gonna call my mom and i was like please don't call my mom like my mom to the state doesn't know um and so they were like you know what we're not gonna suspend you but 
if you want to take, you know, five AP classes next year, what's, is there a limit? Is there still a limit? It's, the limit is four. Now. Okay. So they were like, if you want to take five next year, like you need to see like a therapist, like a, like a family therapist. And like you, we, we don't want, we want you to have like a good work life, mm-hmm. school life balance. Mm-hmm. I said work cause I work now, but, <laughs> um, and so at the time I'm like, this is stupid. Like, just let me take my classes. Don't suspend me. Don't tell my mom and I'll be fine. Right. But like in looking back, like that was really healthy for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think me having my first like panic attack at age, what, 16, 17 was like eye opening to like how much stress and pressure I put on myself. And I think for me, it was like, I'm, I'm a first generation college student, you know, I'm first generation here. Like that was like an added pressure that I'm sure a lot of some students who come from immigrant backgrounds like face now, but there's, there's no fallback. There's no, like we come from anything like there's, there was nothing. So if I could talk to certain or talk to students now, I would say, please don't stress about the little things. I know it seems so big now, but someone told me the older you get, the shorter a year is, you know, when you're in high school, like four years feels like your whole life. That's all you really remember. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can't really look at life beyond a certain age, but there's so much life to live. You know, I I was so nervous about entering my thirties. Um, and my first year of my thirties was one of my favorite years yet. So just, you have so much to look forward to ladies. Don't sweat the small stuff have the best time while you're here, like make memories, you know, and sometimes if you got to like do homework a little later to hang out with your friends after school, like do that, you know, because you're not going to get that time back and you're never going to get to be in an environment again where it's like this, you know, Mm -hmm. college. Yes, but it's still not going to be like this where you can just run around with no makeup on and just laugh with your friends, like lay with each other on the community lawn, like eat freaking cookies and donuts and hot chocolate and cry about like anything. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like, I remember when I was here, like me and all my friends, like time of months, like synced up and we were just so emotional all the time. Like, and I'll never be able to yell. Does anyone have a tampon? Like in a, in a room full of people again, except for here in this environment. So just really guys really enjoy it. Like soak up every moment, do all the things, be proactive, please do all the things that like my class or, you know, my generation millennials, you know, didn't do. And yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of all of you guys. Every time I come back, I feel like I get so much more out of it than you guys get because I leave feeling, you know, energized and motivated and like, like I can do anything. You can do anything. I mean, this I know now, but you know, again, I wish I could tell my high school self that. Well, thank you. It's been so fun getting to talk with you and hear all about your high school times and what you're interested in and your amazing ability to connect with people. Oh, one more thing. I do want to say, though, you still want to do well in school and class because you know what? Here's the thing. Now that I'm in this profession where grades, I mean, grades matter, but like no one is really looking at my high school or college GPA when I apply for jobs. Right. But the one thing that good grades and doing well in school does allow is going down a path where no one can tell you no so even when you figured it out what you want to do no one can be like well you didn't do well in high school so you can't do that now you know what I mean so I love telling teenagers like still have good grades and do well in school because when you do figure out what you want to do there's don't give anyone a reason to tell you no period period exclamation point (laughs) just gonna end it on that (laughs) thank you thanks Tegan